Spoilers, spoilers, spoiler season with us. New cards! Welcome to episode four of Spoiler Season uh, for Kaladesh. Uh, today we're going to be looking at um, a bunch of draft commons and uncommons spoiled uh, during the packs closing ceremony style thing and we'll also be looking at a couple of mythics that were spoiled including chandra torch of defiance that's right so let's get started um we did have a vehicle spoiled today demolition stomper this is six mana for a 10-7 with demolition stomper can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less and crew five what do you think well, it is nice that the power and toughness are way ahead of the curve, right? Six for a 10 7, very big, but it doesn't do anything when it comes down. It doesn't do anything when it leaves. It has evasion, but it's it's not great evasion. And crew five is, is kind of significant. You're maybe tapping a lot of creatures or tapping some fairly sizable creatures. I think you're tapping at least two. Right? Yeah. Like, at least two creatures, because I, I won't really want to tap, like, a 5-5. Five five right. To... Do you want to use your Elder Deep Fiend to crew your... I mean, maybe, but... Yeah, usually not. I think that um, this card is pretty good in, you know, draft or sealed. I think that in the late game, when you have kind of a clogged board, this guy is a fantastic way to break through that. But realistically, it's not going to see playing constructed, right? The only six drops that are seeing playing constructed right now... Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to miss one or two here, but uh, Linvala sees play, um, and that's because when she comes down, she gains you 5 life and makes a 3-3, three, three. not to mention that she is a 5-5 five, five flyer, so she creates 8 power flying and gives you some life. Like, that's that's really good. Right. Comparatively, this does nothing, can be reflected, and will probably just be blocked and yeah. killed. So. Not exciting, but great and limited because big bodies and limited and even just a little bit of evasion can they yeah. get you there. The only other one, right, is, is like Dragonlord Dramoka, and that's going to be rotating. Right. But that, again, a 5-7 right. flyer lifelink. Opponents can't cast spells during your turns. It, it, Soren is another 6-drop that sees a lot of play. Our think, previous Chandra Planeswalker. Yeah, which all these 6-mana cards are game changers that win. Right. This is a card that requires support to do stuff when it comes down. <laughs> So, yeah, you don't want to play this in, in standard. Um, next up, we have what? Part of the Gear Hulk. We're going to have a Gear Hulk cycle. So, we've seen the green one, which is the big 4 4 trample, put four counters, distribute, distribute them as you will. I really like this cycle so far based on yeah. these two cards. I, I think they leave behind big bodies and they have some pretty good, good effects. effects. Yeah, so, I think yeah they, they look competitive. Yeah, let's take a look at this one. Uh, this is White White 3, Cataclysmic Gear Hulk. It has Vigilance, it's a 4-5, and when it enters the battlefield, each player chooses from among the non-land permanents he or she controls an artifact, a creature, an enchantment, and a planeswalker, then sacrifice the rest. So this guy is also an artifact creature, just to to be clear. Right, so you could choose this as your artifact and choose another thing as your creature, which might leave you ahead of your opponent on board, who might not have a great artifact to choose from. Yeah, I think this card is great. Um, I think that this card will see constructed play. You know, it, you don't get to choose for your opponent like you would with Tragic Arrogance, but that does not mean that you can't break the symmetry, right? Unless your opponent is also playing a large number of artifact creatures, you get to basically keep two of your creatures. Or you can do things like play Nyssa into Gideon into this and tick up Gideon before using this. Choose Gear Hulk as your artifact, Gideon as your creature, Nyssa as your planeswalker, and you keep your whole board, right? 
Um, things like that are really impressive. Uh, I think it's also worth pointing out that a 4-5 Vigilance is fine. Like, for 5 mana, like, that's that's fine on top of this ability. I'm happy to be swinging with that and then hold it back on block. Last, this is an ETB, which means if you blink this, you can lock your opponent out of, like, having more than one creature on board, which yeah. is, is really cool. Absolutely. I, I think this is great. Um, we see it is the same mana cost as Tragic Arrogance, and it leaves a body behind. The trade-off is this leaves a body behind, which is pretty sizable, versus Tragic Arrogance. You get to pick what your opponent keeps. So I think you really have to think of this more as a board wipe rather than getting rid of their problem creature or their problem planeswalker because they're going to choose to keep whatever's best for them. Sure. Tragic Arrogance was more of a finely tuned board wipe, whereas this is kind of just, you know, both keep your best stuff and blow everything else up. Right. Trim down the board and hopefully you end up in a better place than your opponent. Um, So next we have uh, Garaper Guide, which is G2. For a 3-2 Elf Scout, I believe. Uh, And it has green 2, target creature you control, can't be blocked by creatures with power 2 or less this turn. I like this card in Sealed, uh, or Draft. I think that the ability to turn your, you know, I mean, 3-2 body for 3 mana is fine in and of itself. It's nothing to write home about, but it's a fine card. Um, And this ability in the late game becomes decent, even in, like, the early mid game. Like, if you have a creature... Um, that you really want to get be able to get through and your opponent doesn't have much big stuff like this is a really good way to uh, to deal some some damage to them or get your when this card deals combat damage to a player do x right it's a good way to trigger those abilities but in constructed i just don't think it has a place yeah agreed not good enough for constructed um but in limited yeah either you're getting through or you're forcing them to they can't chump block with something small. You're going to eat something bigger, yeah. assuming that you have something big on board. And, you know, I, I even like this as one thing that I like to look for when I'm drafting a deck or building a deck in sealed is uh, for a card that is good or at least okay early and is also not going to be a dead top deck late. And this card, if I top deck this with something like nine mana, I'm happy to draw this, right? I can play this out and then I can pay nine the next turn, give three creatures unblockable, semi-unblockable and uh you know maybe deal those last couple of points of damage absolutely good mana sink in the late game totally all right our next card is fortuitous find black two for a sorcery this is another one of the choose one or both so the abilities are return target artifact card from your graveyard to your hand and or return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand so I think this is another instance where you really want the both, and it seems likely in Kaladesh that you will be able to get both an artifact and a creature back from your graveyard. I agree, and I really like the ability to get back vehicles and the ability to get back artifact creatures as well. Um, you could even you know play the Gear Hulk, sack the Gear Hulk, get it back. I mean, it, you know, the second one's not as good. I don't know why you would do that, but you could. <laughs> you could do that. Uh, yeah, and I, I agree with you that I think you really want to be able to get them both here because if I'm paying three mana just to bring something back to my hand, that raid is not great. Right. It's If it went back to the battlefield, then sure, one oh, of these my gosh. is fine. If it went back to the battlefield, <laughs> reanimator, reanimator would come back, yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I like this card for um, constructed, certainly, especially if you have the critical mass of artifacts. Mm-hmm. Um, in standard, I, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's great but it uh, you know usually we have better options right now with the self mill and then return something yeah um, but you know maybe maybe if we want artifacts for some reason then we'll, we'll get this yeah who knows next up is a morbid curiosity which is black black one sorcery as an additional cost to cast morbid curiosity sacrifice an artifact or creature 
draw cards equal to the converted mana cost of the sacrificed permanent. Yeah. So I know uh, you mentioned earlier before we were uh, taping that you could sacrifice Emrakul and draw, draw 13, 13 cards. <laughs> Three mana, draw 13. Which would feel excellent when you were drawing cards, but you just sacked a 13-13 flyer. So, eh. Yeah, n- not something you actually <laughs> probably want to do. Uh, but, I, you know, I think this card is cool. Um, typically, cards like this don't see play. We had... Um, Life's Legacy, right? I think is right. what it's called, which is green it one. It was a green sorcery that you could sack a yeah, creature and draw cards equal to its power, toughness, or something. Yeah, I remember um, running it in a sideboard, and I just, I just never brought it in. I just did not like it. Yeah, I think that generally, if you have a threat that's big enough to be worth sacrificing, you don't you, want to sacrifice it. Yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, don't love it. I think maybe. Uh, you know, it's a way to turn, like, expensive vehicles into cards if you really need cards and don't have creatures. A little bit of a stretch, but yeah, I don't think this card is, is fantastic. Um, might be worth playing in, in Limited if you need a way to refuel uh, and you, you just, you know, don't have one other way, another way. Yeah. Uh, next up is Armorcraft Judge. Green 3 for 3-3. Three, three. Elf. Artificer. Uh, when Armorcraft Judge enters the battlefield, draw a card for each creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it. Yeah, so this is one of those cards that I think is super niche. I think that in uh, Limited, this card is fine. Four mana for a 3-3 three, three, uh, floor is a fine card. And if you have any other cards that have plus one, plus one counters on them, uh, particularly with Fabricate being a mechanic, then I think this card gets really good really fast. And I think that this is one of those cards that is going to never show up in standard until you have the hardened scales deck, right? Until right. there's some random deck that shows up as a meta call to take down this other stuff and puts plus and plus one counters on everything, and then you're paying four mana for a seven seven or an eight eight, uh, which is you know backed up by a two mana four four and you know all this other stuff. So I don't think it'll be a big player, but it has the potential to certainly uh, show up in those kind of niche decks. Absolutely. Uh, I think the other thing to note is we are seeing a lot of artificers. Um, we do have one artif- oh, artificer. We looked up the pronunciation. Art- artificer. 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 Uh, there's one Artificer Matters card right now. We have that equipment that you could equip for free when artifice- Artificer enters the battlefield. So if there are more of those Artificer Matters cards, could be relevant. Sure. Next we have Arborback Stomper, which is green, green, three. For a 5-4 Trample, and when Arborback Stomper enters the battlefield, you gain 5 life. I like it a lot in Limited. Um, this is, for me, probably going to be a high pick. Uh, 5 for a 5-4 is fine in and of itself. Um, the 4 Toughness, you know, I wish it was 5, but like 4 Toughness is fine uh, for 5 mana. But it also has Trample, and then yeah. it provides that cushion of 5 life when it comes in. Uh, with any kind of a blink effect, it's fantastic. Um, but this, for me, this is just a really solid body. I'm very happy to play, you know, two of these at the top of my curve in my kind of green creature-heavy mid-range deck. Definitely. Again, we're seeing this life gain stapled onto a lot of cards. Ah, really interesting. Yeah. Um, could be really relevant. And in limited, definitely five life is enough of a cushion that, you know, you're getting out a big creature. This could turn a corner for you. Yeah, you just throw off your opponent's combat math where they think you have you dead the next turn, and then... All of a sudden, you're five left higher than when you really they thought you'd be. So, <laughs> yeah. Next up, 
Voltaic Brawler, green red for a 3 2 human warrior. When Voltaic Bra- Brawler enters the battlefield, you get two energy. Whenever it attacks, you may pay one energy. If you do, it gets plus one plus one and trample until end of turn. So this is looking like one of those aggressive strategies that we've been uh, looking out for so far in Kaladesh. This is a two mana, three, two, and it can get bigger with energy. Yeah, this looks really aggressive. Yeah, it does. Uh, This is a very good card. Um, And this is a card that if we see a red-green aggro strategy in standard this is going to show up um it's too good not to uh if it had haste it'd be beast but you know it's still a great rate you get the two energy for free when it comes down um you don't have to pay when it attacks right um you can attack with it if they don't have a blocker then yeah just save it up for when they do have a blocker um but it also gives it trample and i think that that's really relevant if you're looking to beat down and kill them fast uh through some of their other blockers um, so I, I really like this card, and I think that we might see this in a shell. Another interesting thing to note here is that this card is green-red and is human, and we've seen elves in green-blue, and we've seen dwarves in white-red. Uh, and one of our friends pointed out to us, who actually is probably going to be joining us this Wednesday on the podcast, so stay tuned, uh, but he pointed out to us that it looks like the tribes here are going to be enemy color tribes, right? It looks like um, the three that we've just named are all in enemy colors, um, so we'll see how strong they go and push the tribal synergy. Um, but particularly the, the human tribe is worth watching out for only because we already have green-white humans <laughs> in Innistrad, and that's actually a decent deck. So watching out for any mono-green humans, or maybe if you can get a red splash into the deck, then you know play this on turn two and then follow it up with a Thalia's Lieutenant, and now it's a 4-3. Oh. And I'm swinging with a 4-3 that I can for free pump into a 6-5 pretty good yeah next we have a uh, long tusk cub which is another pretty aggressive card that i like for limited it this is this is that mono green card that you were talking about to look out for yeah 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 in uh not so much in humans but definitely in, uh, <laughs> in a sta- limited deck it's green one for a two two cat whenever long tusk cub deals combat damage to a player you get two energy counters and you can pay two energy counters to put a plus one plus one counter on Long Tusk Cub. So again, flexibility, super good, right? This is a bear, which is fine. And it's a bear with a lot of upside. Dealing combat damage nets you energy, which you can use for your other spells. Or you can just treat it as a one of those vampires where whenever they deal combat damage to a player, you just get a plus one counter on it, right? So I, this is the kind of card I really like. This card scales well. If you land it early, it scales well into the late game. And uh, you also have the option to just turn your other energy spells into much larger, more powerful threats. Yeah. I don't know how much you're going to get through with this. I I almost wish it had haste because two for a 2-2 and then you're swinging on turn three. They're going to have something to block. And if they're afraid of what you can do with energy, this is just going to die. They're going to trade it. Sure. But one thing you should keep in mind is that, um, again, we can decouple the two abilities. And... This is not the only way that you can get energy, right? So sure. if I swing with this and I have open mana, and let's say I'm playing green-red, right? And I can play the, the next card we're going to talk about, which is Harness Lightning. And I threaten to instant speed, get energy, and pump this for free to a 3-3 in addition to dealing with a blocker or something like that. Um, I think the threat of that ability into open mana is going to oftentimes let it get through. Mm. Or if it doesn't, they might just have to go for the block. And then if you have the trick, 
you get to really blow them out. You're going to trade probably a two for one at least, which is, is really nice. Yeah. Good point. Next up is Harnessed Energy. Uh, harnessed Lightning. Lightning. <laughs> Uses energy, but Harnessed Lightning. Uses energy. So this is super similar to the black kill spell we saw. This is Red 1, Instant. Choose target creature. You get three energy. Then you may pay any amount of energy. Harnessed Lightning deals that much damage to that creature. So again, a lot of flexibility. You can use it as a two mana, three damage to a creature. Or if you have extra energy floating around, you can deal a lot more damage. Or if you just want to kill like that 2-1 flyer that you can't get rid of, spend one energy and then you have two floating for, you know, maybe the cub that we talked about just now. I Yeah, I'm really liking the direction that they took these energy abilities in because what it's turned into is not just uh, a resource, but energy here is just a stand-in for damage, right? Mm-hmm. And energy, because it's permanent, uh, basically gives you the ability to store any kind of characteristic or property that we've seen cards have, right? It gives you the ability to kind of store for later a plus plus one counter or an extra damage or an extra uh, card. And the nice thing is that it could be any of those, right? It's not like, oh, I'm playing Harness Lightning, dealing two to a creature, and I'll save up one damage later on for something else. It's that, oh, I'm saving this for anything, any other card that uses energy later on. Um, I think this card is very powerful. Uh, This is certainly constructed playable. Um, It's two mana for an instant three damage. Uh, we saw that with Draconic Roar. Mm-hmm. And Draconic Roar didn't see a ton of play later on uh, in the standard after the Dragon's decks kind of faded away. But I think that that was largely because Red just didn't see much play, right? People really yeah. wanted the Dragon Bonus, and Red wasn't played a lot. And the uh, decks like Grixis, which played Red, had Fiery Impulse, which is just better if you're not in Dragons. Um, but with Fiery Impulse rotating, um, Harness Lightning is something to watch out for, particularly because it synergizes so well with the other energy cards. And there seems to be so many of these energy cards that you'll definitely find some space to use those energy counters later. Absolutely. Next up is Wisp Weaver Angel, white, white, four, for a four, four flying. Whenever Wisp Weaver Angel enters the battlefield, you may exile another target creature you control, then return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control. Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, six mana for four, four flyer and limited good mm-hmm. constructed you have better ways to blink stuff if you really want to blink stuff we have essence flux we have long journey home we have all drowsy displacer and i mean there are definitely things like you would like to blink uh what's that angel the four three that taps everything sunblast angel maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's not called that i'm not sure subjugator subjugator oh angel. yeah uh, when it comes in it taps everyone's board right blinking that is nice um blinking we talked a little bit about a lot of the things you can blink in the last podcast but basically this is a really inefficient way to blink stuff it comes with a mediocre body and again we're comparing it to our other six drops soren linvala just there's better stuff to do yeah it just doesn't measure up yeah but i do like it in limited absolutely i mean flyers are great in limited and this this will do work for you Mm -hmm. next up is another vehicle this is a four costed five five bowmat bazaar barge yeah, I think it's Bowman. It's a lot of bees. Yeah, BBB. <laughs> when BBB enters the battlefield, draw a card. Crew three. So this is nice because it does cantrip. So the moment you play it, you get a replacement card. Um, and it's not that much to activate. Crew three could be one, maybe two creatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? I think that this card is really good in limited. I would definitely pick this somewhat highly. Uh, the fact that it replaces itself... I think is really important because it feels like sometimes you might 
test these vehicles and then they might sit there if you're under pressure and you can't really afford to tap some of your other creatures or one of your other creatures to do it. Crew three is reasonable. Um, you know, that's one tireless tracker. Uh, you should probably have a three power creature lying around. Um, and a five, five for four is a nice rate. Um, yeah. This is just a, this is a nice card. It is good body, cantrips, crew's not unreasonable. Solid player and limited uh, standard, probably not, but you know, you never know uh, if there ends up being a vehicle deck. I think this would actually find a place because it does replace itself. Hmm. We have seen a lot of four-costed vehicles so far, actually. It's true. Um, if there were a standard vehicle deck, it seems like it'd be a really high-curve deck so far. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what kind of, if there's a vehicle deck, what strategy it ends up taking on. Is it an aggressive deck? Is it a mid-range deck? And I think that will kind of dictate which vehicles in the four-drop slot slot actually end up seeing play uh, because this is much more of a mid-rangey i'm going to grind a little bit here definitely car than the 6-1 trample haste vehicle <laughs> that just wants to get in and blow stuff up right right those might not belong in the same deck even though they're both vehicles yeah but you know four for a five five very good rate i'm happy to tap down my two two that i played uh, earlier on in my draft deck uh to to block with this or attack with this yeah Next up, Metallurgic Summonings. Uh, so I just want to point out briefly, we noticed at the uh, PAX panel, they said Tezzeret is on this card. So he's sort of in the background there doing some presumably Metallurgic Summonings. Probably. Um, and I know you're a big fan of Control, so why don't you take us Yeah, this so Metallurgic Summonings is blue-blue three for an enchantment. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, create an XX colorless construct artifact creature token. That's a mouthful. Yeah. Uh, where X is that spell's converted mana cost. And you can then pay blue, blue, three and exile metallurgic summonings. Return all instant and sorcery cards from your graveyard to your hand. Activate this ability only if you uh, control six or more artifacts. Wow. I like this card. Uh, this is a build around me card. This is a, a card that wants to be in a control deck that is going to, you know, stall in the early game kill some stuff draw some cards play this turn five and then basically you just play continue to play your control game and as you do so you get to apply pressure to your opponent you get to create blockers and then later on you get to put your graveyard into your hand right because honestly if you're playing a control deck most of the cards in your graveyard are going to be instants and sorceries and the cool thing is to keep in mind is that um, this will bring back all the instant sorceries from before you put this card onto the battlefield. Right. So, you know, I, I do wonder a little bit how often um, you'll even need to activate this second ability because honestly, if you've presumably your only source of artifacts is going to be these spells, maybe you have a couple others, but you've probably cast four to, uh, it says you need what, six artifacts? So you've cast four to six instant sorceries already, plus you've created a bunch of these artifacts. Like, if you're in that position, you're probably already winning. So I think the second ability um, might not see, uh, might not get played as as much, but it is a nice safety valve to have there. And the first ability is just so powerful. Um, additionally, you could use this, and this is a little bit far fetched because if you so you could use this to just pay five, and then the next turn pay five again and bring back all your instants and sorceries to your hand. But that's a bit of a stretch because if you have enough artifacts in your deck 
to have six artifacts on a board already, then you probably haven't been casting many instants or sorceries to bring back with a card. So I do think the best spot for this is in some kind of a control deck like that. You could maybe say this is like a top end in the Fevered Visions deck, hmm. where you're going to say, okay, turn five, play this. Next turn, bolt, bolt. Uh, get some threats and then try to close out the game the next turn but i i think it's probably just too expensive for that i don't think you generally want to cast a five mana do nothing spell in the fever visions aggro burn deck yeah um, but for constructed for control this is something i'm keeping my eye on i don't know that this is the best thing to be doing i don't know that this is the best win condition soren is very good mm. um this card doesn't actually draw you cards although it creates virtual card advantage via bodies on the board but this is something i'm going to definitely keep my eye on it's something i will try to build a control deck out of because i love control decks and i love cards like this that let you win incidentally right right i don't You're have just to do doing your thing exactly your game. i get to draw cards and while i'm drawing cards, i mean this reminds me a little bit of constellation right which is one of my favorite decks ever because i go okay uh play an enchantment and when i cast any enchantment silk crap right Draw a card, minus one, minus one, uh, get an angel, right? And even just saying, read the bones, right? Draw two and create a three, three becomes an immensely more powerful card than, you know, just draw two. Um, and in the late game, it turns your kind of useless top decks into actual, you know, threats or blockers. Um, so this is a card I'm very excited about. Yeah. So a couple questions for you here. One concern I have is, aren't a lot of the instants and sorceries you cast going to be sort of smaller? Like, are you going to be making a lot of, like, 2-2 bodies? Yeah. I think you're going to end up with a lot of 2-2s uh, and 3-3s, um, and I think that that's totally fine because often you just need a way to win, right? A problem with decks like Grixis, for example. Uh, Pre-Chandra Grixis, you don't really have a way to win. You gain contr complete control of the game, and you're like, all right, I hope I... I'm going to have to ult my Jace, or I hope that maybe my Wandering Fumarole can get there, or maybe I'll play a Dragonlord Solemngar and swing at that. Um, in Modern, Grixis Control often wins games by swinging with Snapcaster Mage, right, and dealing <laughs> damage in increments of two. Um, I don't think you need to create giant creatures, or nor are you looking to create giant creatures uh, with Metallurgic Summonings. I think you're looking to basically, if you play one spell a turn, this is semi-bitter blossom-ish where you're going every turn i cast a three mana spell get whatever advantage that three mana spell is giving me whether it's kill something draw cards uh take a card out of my opponent's hand and also make a three three yeah uh last question on this card the six artifacts is an awful lot to be able to activate this card and if you are creating these small bodies if you're using them for blocking how often do you think you're going to be able to use that yeah like i said ability like i said i don't think you're going to use it that much um i don't think the second ability is the reason to play the card i don't think the second ability is something you should plan on using a ton i think the second ability is uh basically a safety valve where maybe there's a scenario where uh you just need to basically cast seasons past right <laughs> And maybe you can cast it. Like it's 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 honestly really hard to imagine if I'm playing this in control like when I would use it because if I have six artifact creatures, I'm probably attacking with them, right? Right, and then they're dead. Um, if I'm blocking with them, then you're right. I don't have six artifact creatures anymore. Um, the only case scenario where I could kind of see this is like maybe I'm on the defensive and then end of my opponent's turn. Maybe I go ahead and cast one or two instants. 
and put me to six artifacts right then, and then I'm able to you know untap, activate this, and get back my graveyard. So I, I, that's kind of the situation I can imagine using the second ability in. But I, I do think primarily this is a token-producing card uh, that makes like decent-sized tokens from your your spells. Cool. Last but certainly not least is our second planeswalker of the set, Chandra, Torch of Defiance. So this is red, red two, four loyalty, and four ability planeswalker. So plus one, exile the top card of your library. You may cast that card. If you don't, Chandra, Torch of Defiance, deals two damage to each opponent. The other plus one is add red, red to your mana pool. Minus three, deals four damage to target creature, and alt is minus seven. You get an emblem with whenever you cast a spell, the emblem deals five damage to target creature or player. Card's busted. Yeah, this looks really good. It is. Um, I even just like like looking at the second plus one. It's red red, so you cast this on turn four. You still have you, you plus her, get two extra mana, you can cast another creature. Like it's almost like she's a two cost planeswalker. Uh I mean I don't know what two mana creatures I'd be casting off red red um and you know we'll see to me this card means that on turn five I get to play a seven drop right first of all yes which is sweet and we lose dragon lord Tarka, so it's too bad um and like there's that but then there's also the fact that this is a card advantage engine this is just basically draw card every turn and if you don't want to do that then instead you just kill your opponent you deal two to them every turn so Chandra, and then, you know, her minus three actually does protect herself. It kills a lot of stuff. It doesn't kill uh, Sylvan Advocate. That right. is big. But you can snipe it out, you know, if you play this on turn four before it becomes big and then you're set. Um, it kills Avacyn, right, which is mm-hmm. relevant. Um, it kills a lot of threats. And this, this card, to me, um, is not one of those Planeswalkers where you need to build the right deck to take advantage of this. This is the oh, I'm playing red, I'm going to shove three of these into my deck. Because honestly, this card is, is just a, a solid, powerful, flexible card that even if you don't care about one of its plus ones, maybe you don't ever need to use the add red red to your mana pool, it doesn't matter. It's so flexible and so powerful, um, and it's, it's going to be pretty format-defining, I think, in standard. And this is a card that I do expect would see modern play as well. Um, I think that four abilities, very flexible, very powerful card. Um, I think you'll see modern play as well. Yeah. Even just, uh, it, it doesn't take that long to alt, and its alt is really game winning. So you have to watch out because your opponent needs to deal with this in the, like, f- what, four turns from when it comes down? Yeah, I mean, her alt is way closer to you win the game than a lot of the other alts we've seen recently like uh if you think about flip jace right his alt was mill five whenever you cast a spell that's a lot slower than chandra and furthermore like that you know if you're gonna mill them out that's your only avenue to do that whereas for chandra if i cast you know a spell or two bring them to low life and then i can just swing out with my team and deal the last two damage i need with my creatures right um her alt happens on the same turn as Liliana's, but I I do want to note that I don't think we'll see her ult as often as Liliana does. And the reason for that is because Liliana's protection clause is her plus ability, right? She gets a tick up while protecting herself. 
For Chandra, if you want to protect her, you have to go down to one loyalty, which means she's not ulting for at least another six turns. Right. right? So we're not going to see Chandra ult as often, but honestly, it doesn't matter. Like, her ult is sweet and a nice way to close out a game if you need to, but her plus ability is absurd. Her minus ability is good. Her other plus ability of adding mana is nice. Like, she's she's awesome. Totally. All right, so that wraps us up for, up for today. We are super excited about Chandra, keeping our eye on Metallurgic Summonings. Yeah, and, I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing... Uh, I mean, we're only, what, a couple of days into spoilers, <laughs> and I'm already seeing a lot of cards that I'm looking forward to brewing with and trying to come up with... Um, incorporate into existing strategies or build new strategies around them. Kaladesh looks great. The one word I would use to describe everything so far is just, and we've used this a lot, is flexible. Just the ability to do a lot of different things with energy is super flexible. Chandra's flexible. A lot of the cards we're seeing, um, I think, are going to contribute to flexible shells, and I think that that's going to make for a really fun format. Yeah, I think especially at a more competitive play level, right? More flexibility means more skill, right? Everyone can play the same deck, but if you're using more of those choices better, you're presumably doing better. Yeah, I think that um, when we're going to see the first couple of standard tournaments, uh, the players who are going to do the best in those tournaments are going to be the ones who figure out how to best abuse energy, um, mm-hmm. is, is going to be, you know, my guess, three days into spoilers. <laughs> All right. So that's it for today. We'll see you. We'll be back tomorrow with more uh, Kaladesh spoilers. Uh, I'm Ryan. I'm Katie. And this is Spoiler Spoiler Season. Season.